Money Talks and BS Walks. Steps back, fires a three. Shot short, rebound tipped and taken by James. Here comes James in the open floor. James, grab from behind, count it, goal 10 and one. And it's up to nine with 104 remaining. LeBron James now with 34 points. Absolutely amazing what we're witnessing. Putting his team on his back, takes the contact, gets the basket, but an incredible display by LeBron James. Mama. With your host, Alex Twizek. Welcome back to Moose's Mulligans, your favorite sports podcast where money talks and BS walks. I'm your host, Alex Dryzak. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Make sure to check out the show at moosesmulligans.weebly.com. You can go to facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. Give us a like for the latest updates. And make sure to send in your opinions. We take all of them into account on this show, and it does come up with awesome topics like the amazing news that the Alliance of American Football is bringing a team to San Diego. Awesome! I know, I know. Don't get too excited. Well, I'm excited. I, I think it's great because I think that alliance might get the most turnout of fans. You think about all the Charger fans that are left sitting here with no football team. Yeah, the rules are a little different alliance of American football, the AAF, but it's not that much different, and I think it's better different, and I'm one of those conspiracy theorists. I think I think it's better than the NFL, and we'll see how they do. It's going to be tough to market, but I'll be watching. Hell, I'm going to try to make it to a game for this San Diego team. I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can bring to the table. Now, they're also trying to bring local players into the discussion here as I, I I love that idea. It's like you're creating a hometown hero too because he's from the local area. It's a good story. A lot a lot of good stuff for the AAF. So exciting news is that uh Coach Martz uh will be coaching for that San Diego team. So I'm I'm excited to see how the San Diego team pans out. I'm excited to see what kind of players they bring in from the local area. And if they do really well, I'd be surprised to see how much this city backs up the team. Because if they're, if they're successful, no, no offense to the Chargers, but championships didn't happen here, and the Padres haven't had one yet either. So it's not like the Clippers were very good when they were here either. So it's if they can win a championship or get into a championship game, I'd be interested to see how many people turned up, how many people showed up. And how much hype really got behind this San Diego team. Just like the Vegas Golden Knights expansion team in Vegas for hockey, you just saw an influx of fans as they made it to the Stanley Cup final. I know it's the NHL that's an established, well, sort of established league. That's debatable, too. But it would be interesting to see how they backed up an Alliance League team in San Diego here. Now, the second thing I wanted to talk about on the show this week is still in the realm of football. And for once, it's not me ripping the NFL. It's back to me ripping the NCAA, of course. So Nick Saban's been panned out as a villain here lately. Uh, 
over the past two years, he's been in the middle of two battles about graduate transfers. You know, it's he could simply just let them transfer, but he's made it really difficult. And what's interesting is I think he's doing it for a good cause. The SEC has a rule that you can't transfer within your own conference unless you get your coach's approval. Well, why is it up to the coach to decide what's best for this child? Well, this young student athlete, let's call it. Let's not get let's not too too crazy here. Why is it up to the head coach to decide whether it's okay or not for the student athlete to go where he thinks he's going to have the best college experience? That's another thing. Why 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 is there even a rule restricting a student athlete from trying to find their best college experience? Isn't it all about the student athlete? That's all I ever read about from them. It's it's developing student athletes for the future business world. Developing student out. Developing student. We're gonna help the student athletes. We're gonna. You're restricting them. And Nick Saban's right. He he said, "Why am I the one who's supposed to decide this?" You know what? Let, let's let him say it for himself here. Let's play the sound clip of Nick Saban responding to his transfer restrictions in the SEC. Nick, when you lost in the Maurice Smith transfer situation a couple of years ago, why could put up the same fight with Brandon Kennedy, especially when there seems to be more, the push for more freedom, with, particularly with graduate transfers and proposals? Well, then we should proposals. change the rule. I don't think it should be on me. I think we should change the rule. Right, if we agree in the SEC at these meetings that we're going to have free agency in our league and everybody can go wherever they want to go when they graduate, and that's what's best for the game, then I think that's what we should do. Then Brandon Kennedy can go wherever he wants to go. But if we don't do that, why is it on me? Because we have a conference rule that says he can't do it. And he can do it, but he's supposed to sit out for a year. So why is it on me? It's not even my decision. It's a conference rule. I always give people releases. And he has a release to go wherever he wants to go, but the conference rule says he can't go to the conference. So, what, why is that on me? He's got a really good point, though, in that I don't think he should be the one that has to make the decision. I, I mean, If you're going to leave it up... Okay, half the time, probably more than half the time, when a student-athlete transfers, it's usually because their head coach isn't playing them or isn't... They feel like they're not being treated right from their head coach. So why the hell would you think it's a good idea to let that head coach decide the future for that young man or woman? Why? I don't get it. If most student-athletes are transferring because of a head coaching change or because they didn't get what they signed up for from their head coach or their coaching staff... Why would you leave it up to the coaching staff to make the decision of whether the kid can leave or not? You're just trapping him or her. You're just trapping them. It's not fair to the student-athlete. I know life's not fair, but if you're going to argue and advertise that you're doing everything for the student-athlete's best interest, maybe you should take that into consideration that you're trapping them in to a situation that they obviously don't want to be in because they want to transfer. It shouldn't matter what division they want to transfer. It should matter that they're transferring to the school that's going to be the best for them, or at least they think will be the best for them. And if they can't, then they need to be able to have the freedom to figure out what is the best for them.
to me, I think it's stupid that there's even transfer restrictions, but I'm not going to go that crazy and push for that much movement right now. I agree with Nick Saban that there should be one rule on this, and it shouldn't come up to the head coach. It's no way near anywhere where the head coach should be choosing if this student-athlete can transfer or not. All right, last but not least, I get to brag about my own article here. <laughs> I want to talk about the the new article I have on moosesmulligans.blogspot.com. That takes you directly to where our articles are. You go to our official website, moosesmulligans.weebly.com. There's a tab that takes you to articles as well. But I got together and discussed this article with our NBA analyst, Ben Huff, and we called it the Four Seasons of LeBron James. Now, to get all poetry and weird like that, I mean, I like to think of LeBron's season in four different seasons. Not talking about NBA seasons. I'm talking about like spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, the seasons of the year. So, starting in spring, we look at LeBron, and he, he was obviously very, very, very hyped coming out of high school. I mean... They were saying in his junior year of high school, he's already NBA ready, which is very rare to say because we've seen how even kids who spend one year in college aren't ready. But he he answered right when he en- entered the league. I mean, in a league where it's rare now because there are no high school picks right now, but to join the company of Kobe Bryant, Moses Malone, and Daryl Dawkins as being some of the just just the rare type of player that's NBA ready out of high school. And what's so great about it was in in this spring I'm saying, he's a hometown hero. He's from Ohio. It it was perfect. Cleveland got the first pick and was not a very good franchise at all. So, Hall of Fame potential, hometown hero. That's a lot of pressures and we've seen so many athletes crumble under it. I mean, Ryan Leaf is the perfect example of it. But we look at LeBron, and he's not your ordinary story. I mean, he was playing 39 minutes per game when he entered the league and already averaging over 20 points per game. And he honestly did earn the nickname King James because he was going to be king of the league. I mean, when they got all the way to the finals for the first time, we, we remember that interview where it was, it was after the game. It wasn't an interview. It was Tim Duncan and LeBron James in the hallway. And Tim Duncan told LeBron, this is going to be your league soon. Thanks for giving us this year. And Tim Duncan, very, very smart basketball guy, and was obviously right because LeBron would continue to improve his game even when they were starting to scout him out a little bit. They started to hang back off the pick and rolls and dare him to shoot. They were they'd rather dare him to shoot the mid to long range versus drive into the rim where he was so strong and could just take control and finish so well on and ones. But... We all remember the image of LeBron heading to the locker room and taking off his Cavs jersey after losing in the semis to Boston in 2010. And the excitement of that playoff run for Cleveland when we thought finally this might be the run for LeBron to get a title, even though he had such a crappy supporting cast there, is just all wiped away with that removal of his jersey. And then there was the TV special about a free agency decision. Now we move into the summer of LeBron's career. Welcome to Miami. Now LeBron would join a former MVP and NBA champ, Dwayne Wade. And obviously people were pissed. They thought he was just going to a contender just so he could 
hop on Dwayne Wade's team to get a ring, bring in Chris Bosh to have some fun. But they lost the first year. They didn't win the finals. LeBron still had a lot to learn from Dwayne Wade about how to win a championship. And I know Cleveland fans don't agree with me, and they definitely hate hearing this. I'm not sure he would have won a title for Cleveland if he didn't go to Miami. He learned so much in Miami about what it takes to win a championship. And that's where he worked on refining his game. A lot of uh, baseball players, because I, you know, I play summer baseball, summer baseball is where you learn and try new things that you can bring into the next season. To me, this was LeBron's summertime. He didn't have to be the man. He didn't have to do everything on his own, which gave him the ability to work on his mid-range outside shot. And, you know, over four years, he won two championships with Dwayne Wade. That's fun, too. So it's like four years of college. I think that's where he really learned how to redefine his game to be a championship team, you know. How to be on a championship team and how to win a championship is what I'm trying to say. But we get to that time when it's time for LeBron to go home, and this is the the fall of his career, the autumn. I'm not saying it. Honestly, I thought it was going to be the decline of his career. He's past that prime age of 28, and he's going back to Cleveland, and I'm I'm thinking, eh, he's just getting past 28, going on 29. This is when usually players either have their best year or they start to decline. Well, ironically, LeBron had his best season this year at age 33 now. But he returned and immediately took Cleveland to the finals. I was impressed by that. That was a great job by him. And instead of regressing with age, he seems to be getting even better, learning more, doing more. The only problem is he ran into the new kids on the block, the Warriors. And when he finally, they were down three games to one, and LeBron found a way from what he learned in Miami, I'm telling you. They came back from three games to one because, you know, Draymond Green was an idiot and got his 15th technical. That was his choice. But that was because LeBron knew how to handle this adversity. And he brought Cleveland a championship. Shooting 52.5% from the field, averaging 26 points per game, about 9.5 rebounds, seven, over 7 assists a game. That'll get you a finals MVP and a great job by LeBron. Problem for him is Golden State went out and added Kevin Durant for some reason, I guess just to make the NBA more boring. And they would pretty much, in my opinion, kick the crap out of Cleveland last year's finals. I mean, his playoff performances were still so impressive, even when they were getting the crap kicked out of him, that we need to really appreciate this as we go into the winter of LeBron's career. Getting into the winter of LeBron's career is tough to talk about. We saw in Game 1, as LeBron James was just unbelievable, 51 points, carrying the team on his back. And by the way, talking crap on Kevin Durant, switching way too easy on soft picks, LeBron doing a great job taking advantage of that. But, like I said, most likely what the Warriors are going to be the NBA champions. I wrote that in the article. Most likely. Then the season ends. Then what? What happens to LeBron? This is the difficult thing to talk about. I mean, it's more complicated than you think. LeBron staying in Cleveland has a lot of implications, man. Cleveland has a lot of bad contracts. You know, it's... Locked up for the next two, three years, too. George Hill's contract's not very good. I don't get too much into details on, on the contracts, you know, like Jordan Clarkson's, but Tristan Thompson. Le- Le- 
LeBron's ability to bring in players he wants to play with is going to be completely restrained, and he doesn't like that. But the other thing, LeBron, I'm not saying he doesn't like Dan Gilbert, but I'm not saying he does like Dan Gilbert. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, I'm not saying LeBron is one of those people that doesn't like Dan Gilbert, but I'm not saying he's not one of them. All right. Apparently, James Lowe high-fived Dan Gilbert, and it's one of those exchanges where you, like, don't want to talk to somebody. But I wouldn't look too much into the handshake. I would look into Dan Gilbert's history as being a subpar owner and not treating LeBron with the respect he deserves. And LeBron didn't want Kyrie traded. That was upper upper management. That's not going to help LeBron stay around if upper management's not meeting what he thinks is best for the team. Because LeBron, LeBron is the king, honestly. He's proven that. And I know everyone says Michael Jordan's the best player. I didn't get to see Michael Jordan play, and I'm younger. I got to see LeBron James play. He's the best player of my time. So if LeBron's not going to stay with Dan Gilbert, which I wouldn't. I know if I were him, I'd tell Dan Gilbert to piss off. But where does LeBron go then? I mean, Houston has the most mature talent that could use LeBron skills. They really do need that. Uh, Chris Paul handles the ball really well, but I mean, I'm sure him and LeBron would have no problem working together. But LeBron has some pride, and he doesn't want to seem like Kevin Durant going to Golden State. And I feel like this decision to go to Houston would be too much like Kevin Durant going to Houston. I know Houston, I mean to Golden State. I know Houston could use LeBron more than Golden State could use Kevin Durant. But to LeBron, I see too many similarities. The Lakers have a lot of young, flashy talent. But, I mean, that was Kobe's team when LeBron was coming up. It's a really cool town for LeBron to live in. But I'm not sure if LeBron wants to go to a team where Kobe was the man. LeBron could never be the man in L.A. I'm telling you that straight up. He could do what he's doing right now in the finals. And people would still, nope, it's Kobe. It's, it's not LeBron there. The 76ers have super young talent. They have money, so LeBron could bring in his friends. But I'm not sure how LeBron and Ben Simmons would work together handling the ball. They're both their strengths coming from being the big man who can handle and run the one. Uh, so honestly, I have no idea where LeBron's going to go. I mean, some of us say the best guess is Houston. Others have crazy ideas like LeBron going to Atlanta. I'm one of those people. New arena, literally all the money in the world LeBron could want, and a good draft pick. So, And then he stays in the East, too, but that's just me dreaming. The, the point of the decision is that it's going to be a big one for LeBron. It'll be the last big move of his career. And that could go a long way in deciding how his legacy is finished. I have no idea what the decision is going to be. But either way, it's going to be an interesting one. And since we're talking about the Four Seasons of LeBron, one of my favorite bands, the Four Seasons, Frankie Valli, they sing Big Girls Don't Cry. So whatever LeBron makes on his decision, whether it's Cleveland, not Cleveland, we got to honor that and respect that and not cry about it because he's, he's earned it. He's been a legend. To read the full article, you can go to moosesmulligans.blogspot.com. You can go to moosesmulligans.weebly.com and click on articles. Give us a like on Facebook at Moose's Mulligans. Uh, it's, uh, you go to facebook.com slash moosesmulligans. Brain fart, sorry. <laughs> uh, if you want to read all of Ben Huff's comments on the article for LeBron James, go check out the full article at our website. And um, until next week, I mean, send in your topics you want to hear about. It was a great week. You guys sent in some good stuff for me. Filled up this whole show. So until next week, this is your favorite sports podcast for Money Talks and BS Walks. I'm your host, Alex Dreisak. We'll see you next week.